All right, let's go to uh, a great mate of ours. He's the number one scholarship holder with the Danica Clark Foundation. After watching the men's high jump this week at the World Track and Field Championships, I feel like he would have run top eight in the world this week. Chris Dogg, good morning. Welcome to Saturdays on the Coast. Good morning, guys. Thanks for having me on. Big call, Steve. <laughs> so thanks yeah. for the compliment. Well, look, I saw, I saw Brandon Stark. Uh, he's run top eight and probably not his best performance at the World Track and Field Championships. I'm sure you'd agree with that. We saw a major upset in the men's high jump, but yeah, your best effort, and let's not forget, you're on a trajectory where you would have been heading for 230 plus, two metres 30. Uh, just give us your thoughts on how the men's high jump unfolded, then we'll step through to Nicola Rolleschlagers, our superstar from the Central Coast. Yeah, it was a um, it was a really interesting comp. Um the Italian Marco Sambari taking the gold. I wouldn't say it was a surprise, um, seeing as he shared the gold with uh, Mutaz at the Olympics, um, which is quite famous now, I think. Everyone is aware of that situation. But, uh, yeah, I think Brandon would be disappointed. Um, it wasn't too much below his best this season, though. So he's only jumped a, a 229 this season, um, and he jumped a 228 in the qualifying. But... Uh, he was unable to, to replicate that in the final. So he has had a tough season. He actually had a training accident a couple of months ago where he broke his foot. So that did set him back a little bit with his preparation. So just getting to the World Champs, I think, was a, a pretty big effort for him. Uh, but no doubt he'll still be upset. Well, when I said there was an upset in the men's competition, I'm referring, of course, to Mutaz Bashim, who runs third with a clearance of 233. Now, coming in... There was talk that maybe he was in you know, world record shape, but what a competition. Uh, yeah, Harrison, outstanding for the USA. He's a raw talent, isn't he? And then Tamberi, I think he's the guy that shares the medal with Bashim at the Tokyo Olympic Games, and what a character he is. He's great for the sport. Yeah, he is. He's, uh, he's got the habit of shaving off half his beard um, whenever he goes into a major final, so he's well known for that, and he jumps. He jumped in two different coloured shoes as well. So uh, he's a very, very uh, likeable personality. Uh, but yeah, Bashim coming third. He hasn't had a great season himself as well, but he's still, you know, it's Mutaz Bashim. Um, if anyone's into high jump and seen his 243 clearance, it's probably the biggest jump in history, uh, even over the, the, the world record, in my opinion. But, um, you know, he's getting a, a lot older now. He's about 31 years old, I think, and... I think that was, he's got, I think, five world championship medals. Uh, he's won the last three, so it's probably about time he passed the mantle on to someone else to, to get a goal. <laughs> hey, we need to talk about Nikola Oleschlager. So overnight there's been qualifying. Can you enlighten us mm. on what's taken place? Yeah, so Nikola had a qualifying last night. Um, it was last night our time. It was morning um, in Budapest. Uh, from what I hear, it's extremely hot. Uh, I spoke with Matt um, online, not on the phone, but he was telling me it's 35 degrees and the finals forecast to be 37 degrees. And if you've been checking the weather, even if they're jumping at, at 8, 9 o'clock at night, the, the temperature's not dropping until really early in the morning. So it's going to be a very hot competition. So it'll be interesting to see how that pans out. But, um, you know, she... She qualified with a, a 192 clearance, um, pretty comfortable for her. So she wasn't really tested at all. Um, it'll be really good to see. We also got Eleanor Patterson, who's the, the reigning world champion. Um, she trains out of Sydney 
with Brendan Starr. So she uh, safely made it through qualifying as well. So it'll be a very good final. Uh, Nicola's, in my opinion, probably the favourite to win. Uh, she's had an outstanding season over in Europe. Uh, and I don't think... I think she's lost one competition uh, all season. And, and that was on countback. So she, she got second in that one. And that includes, you know, Diamond League meetings and everything where, you know, she's obviously jumping against the best in the world. So she's in really good form at the moment. You know, she's, she's jumped her... She's equaled the Australian record um, in a time over in Europe. So it'll be, it'll be really good to see how she goes. Um, she's you know, probably better than any other athlete I've known in, in able to handle the pressure, as we saw in the Olympics. So, yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, and that is Monday morning our time around about 4 a.m. I've got a question for you, though, Chris. So there's yep. two qualifications taking place. Yaroslava Mahuchik clears 192, Eleanor Patterson, Lamara Diston, yep. the Jamaican Morgan Lake, Angelina Topic from Serbia, Kulachenko from Cyprus. They all clear 192. And then there's a drop-off to jumpers who clear 189. So then you go across to qualification two. Vashti Cunningham, Nicola, Irina Garashenko. In fact, Garashenko clears 189. So my question is, why are some clearing 192 and then others? Like, have they missed at 192? You wouldn't, you wouldn't think Garashenko, the Ukrainian, would miss at that height. Yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely correct. You wouldn't think it, but they did. Um, <laughs> it's just what happens. You know, we saw in the men's, in the men's competition, Hamish Kerr from New Zealand went in and, and he would have been one of the favourites. He's, you know, he's cleared 234 this season and he was unable to clear 225 in the qualifying. Um, yeah, unfortunately yeah. for him, many did. And um, fortunately for, for the Ukrainian, uh, no one, you know, not enough had cleared 192 to progress through to the final. So I'll tell you, I'll tell you who else missed. I'll tell you who else missed. Yulia Levchenko. Yeah. She only yeah. cleared 189. So, you know, a, a couple of the contenders are falling away. Butes. Big name, yeah. Look, uh, Chris, I just want to touch on the name Nina Kennedy. Probably mm. not too many people would have thought about her previously, but she is now a world champion in the pole vault. And what a, uh, what a uh, competition it was. Um, yeah. You know, the way they battled it out, both her and Katie Moon, the American, uh, and got the job done, shared the gold medal. Um, which I think originally, I think I heard Katie Moon saying that she was prepared to jump and saw the reaction of uh, Kennedy uh, and basically just went, you want to share this? I'm glad you mentioned that, Butes. And uh, Mm. to you, Chris, is that one of the most beautiful moments in sport, that reaction from Mm. Nina Kennedy? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, know, I get goosebumps even thinking about it. You know, if you put yourself in the shoes... The amount of effort and energy that gets put into into these, you know, this season, let alone the competition, um, I don't blame them at all for sharing. You could see the relief, and I think, you know, with a pole vault competition, it's not unusual for these to, to carry over three hours. Um, and so, by the end, I think Nina Kennedy was just exhausted, um, and the thought of of having to battle that out, you know. You've got one hand on the medal. Do you want to give that up to try and to try and get it by yourself? I think both athletes would argue that they both deserve the gold medal no matter what. And um, it's it's you know it's a, it's it's like losing in a penalty shootout in the soccer World Cup. You know, like it's it's a harsh way to to go when you you're a deserving winner no matter what. So uh, yeah, I, um, I know Chris wants to talk to about 
I know Chris wants to talk about her focus, mm. Nina Kennedy, throughout the entire event. Can I just say this, mm. boys? Now, talk about courage. So you're going for almost five metres. And when you're launching, yeah. now I, I guess at some stages in the high jump, Chris, there would have been a fear factor. But in this pole vault, if you look at the slow-mo footage, they are vertical but facing back toward the ground as they launch yeah. toward the bar. I mean, in terms of bravery, this is just an extraordinary event to watch. It's ridiculous. And when you factor in as well the fact that you're trusting a pole, a fiberglass pole not to break, <laughs> um, yeah, it takes a lot of courage. And, you know, let's not forget that in, in securing that gold medal, uh, Nina jumped eight centimetres above her own Australian record. Um, so yeah. she was already in, in, in you know, uncharted waters. Um, and, yeah, I think, in all honesty, she looked a better jumper in the competition, in my opinion. Um, and I think if it went to another jump, she very well might have been able to clear it. But the way a countback works is they, they both get an extra attempt at the height. And if they both miss, it then goes back down. And it keeps dropping until someone makes it and the other doesn't. So, you know, if you do a jump off, it can, it can, can you know, it can carry on for another five or six jumps, depending so on whether like they a, keep getting it or missing. So it's like a penalty shootout in soccer. Though. It's just that yep. jump for jump. And you know what I loved about yeah. it? Like the, the, the competition itself, like these girls were going hammer tongue. And I've got to say, Nina's clearance at 490 was exceptional, right? She really it cleared great. it. Whereas Katie Moon, it was rocking. She was a rocking, mate. That pole <laughs> yeah. there at the top, yeah, it was rocking. Exactly. But, but, she um, hit it on the way up and on the way down. So, yeah, yeah I think yeah, yeah. it look better. Yeah, 100%. But you know what? They, they, I love the fact that they shared it. Um, it was a great moment, not only for Nina Kennedy and Katie Moon, but I think just for sport in general. Yeah, gonna... and what surprised me too, Chris, is the fact that the commenta commentator, and I think it's Steve Cram, who was a sensational runner himself. In fact, I think the commentary has been the best I've ever heard, without doubt. Yeah, they did a great job. Oh, it has been exceptional. It's the benchmark, in my opinion. I mean, I love Bruce yeah. McAvaney. Oh, I was going to say, where's Bruce? But no, I think the, the commentary at the World Track and Field has been exemplary. But I was surprised, Chris, to hear that 10 women have gone above 490 in the pole vault. Yeah, I know. Well, Nina's been put on... She's the equal ninth all-time in the world now with that jump mm. of 490. So, um, you know, it's... Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty amazing what they've been able to do. Um, but I mean, yeah, you've got the you've got the men's pole vault coming up as well and, and that's got uh the Swede, I can't remember his name off the top of my head right now, but he's he's just an absolute freak. He's jumping six twenty three. So we talk about five metres being high. Six metres twenty three. Yeah. yeah, and Butte and I came through the period where Sergey Bubka oh, yeah. was, you know he was untouchable. Yep. Hey Chris, anything else catch your eye? Uh, before we wind this um, up, because the first lady of track and field is coming up too, Margaret Beardsley. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> She's, yeah, she'll have heaps to talk about in terms of distance. Obviously, being a field athlete, the uh, the men's long jump for me was another highlight. Um, mm. I don't know if you guys managed to catch that, but the, the Greek. it was... Yeah, yeah, Tentacoglu or something like that. But, um, you know, he jumped 8.50 on his first attempt, only to be matched... Um, by by the Jamaican and um, he and then you know when going back to count back there was one centimetre separating them and then for him to the for the Greek to be able to to snatch that with an 8.52 on his last attempt 
just the distances, um, incredible. And the bronze medal was was the difference between third and fourth. They jumped the same as well, so that went back to count back as well. So it was an amazing competition. Well, I think every jumper qualified with a jump over eight metres. The, the other event yeah. that I find amazing to watch, and, you know, you think about what the human body can do, is the triple jump. Like, mm. if you go down to the local track and try to do a hop, skip and jump, you'd be lucky to even hit the pit. Do you know what I oh, mean, Chris? Yeah. yeah. And I encourage anyone who is actually listening, if you, if you are able to be in a space where you can step out 8 metres 50, take 8 big steps, as big as you can take, you'll really appreciate what these athletes are doing. And, and the same for triple jump. You know, the guys are jumping high 17 metres. Um, that's just that's a ridiculous distance when you consider they're taking at full speed a hop, then a giant bound, and then leaping into the pit. It's just, yeah, it's incredible. It's that, like that the giant high jump, bound. you know, you can... Uh, yeah. I was going to say, that giant bound to me, it's almost like they're Air Jordan. Yeah. You know where yeah. time stands still? Like when you watch the slow-mo? Yeah, and they're jumping, you know, six and a half, seven metres before they get that bound. So to be able to come out of a, a big, giant hop and then be able to bound another six metres off that, it takes so much strength. Hey, uh, Chris, been a pleasure to have you on, mate. And I'm sure you'd be ecstatic to hear as the number one scholarship holder with the Danica Clark Foundation. We've had another gala night done and dusted and another huge success. And we realised last week that in five years from now, the way we're tracking as a foundation, we'll hit half a million dollars in scholarships for Central Coast athletes. That's, yeah, it's just every year I continue to be blown away by by the progress the foundation's making, not just in the donations, but the, the athletes that we're able to help and um, the amount of support that it's given over the years. I think it's just it's one of the, the most incredible things um, in terms of what what the Central Coast athletes have been able to get in terms of support. So very excited to see that mark get hit as well. Yeah, gee, I tell you, we'd love to have you on the board at some stage. Oh, yeah. I know you've got a lot of commitments with a young family, but, gee, I tell you, you do a sensational job. Thanks so much for your time this morning. Enjoy the weekend. Chris Dodd. Thanks, guys. See ya.